Hello everyone, welcome to Gabby's Light, and I'm your host, Gabby. I am based in Oakland, California, on Ohlone territory. Together we will explore social justice, self-love, spirituality, and mental health. In today's episode, I brought one of my really, really good friends, Loata Fine, and we will talk about life after college, vacation, and displacement. So make yourself comfortable, grab yourself something to drink or a snack, and let's dive right in. But before we get started, I want to start this segment by pulling from one oracle card from the wild, offering oracle by Tosha Silver. I pulled a card on the second episode, I believe, and I want to keep doing this as just a little time for reflection as we start our day, and also gratitude. All right, so... Two cards that came up today is abundance and compassion, okay? So the message for abundance for everyone is, Divine Beloved, please show me how to feel fully deserving to receive. I release my ego's plan and open to being a vehicle for abundance. So when I hear the word abundance, I hear receiving. I hear allowing the universe to give you, but then also being able to fully open your heart to compassion and not let yourself be driven by your ego, right? Sometimes we act on our ego. Our ego can be our emotions. Our ego can be ourselves acting like victims or wanting to be right. But sometimes in order for us to grow, we really need to open up our hearts and understand that receiving is part of abundance, right? We have to be grateful every day and have that via that door open for receiving and the next card is compassion right which kind of goes alongside with abundance because compassion can be compassionate with yourself and compassionate with the world around you right it says as you pray each day for greater compassion a new self is born drawing new people and experiences dear lord help me feel Every deepening self-acceptance, may I see myself as you see me. Yeah, so I hear compassion towards yourself. Be compassionate. Be open and receptive to self-accept yourself just in how you are. Sometimes it's about accepting what we look at as the good, the bad, the ugly, and the rest will follow, right? And so it's just a matter of how we reflect and how we think about these things. So, yes, I'm really happy that we got a little bit of time to check in with ourselves. So now that we have that going on, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Loata. She's going to Loata, um, and I'm born and raised in East Oakland. I self-identify as an Afro-Polynesian woman. My mom, um, she was born in Tonga and migrated to California in like the 1970s. And my dad, he's from Louisiana, and he's black and Creole. So I carry both of those cultures pretty strongly with me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Lata, for joining me today. It means so much to me because I feel like you've always been such a great inspiration. And we've always kind of been there for each other through difficult times, yes. studying for our linguistic ex- linguistics right. exam, and just like being, you know, thrown together. And it was really weird how we even met, right? How the universe brought us together. Yeah. We met my second year in Davis, and it was your yeah. third year, first year transferring. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy because it was just randomly in a linguistics class. They told us to partner up and speak to the person <laughs> next next to you, and you know we turned to each other. We started talking. We both established that we're from Oakland, and we immediately connected there. Right. And so yeah, I'm grateful for that one day that you know we're we're able to get to know each other. From there on, we've just yeah known each other since. Um, and I'm grateful for you for always enlightening me and and informing me about different things that she learned and vice versa so yeah so yeah thank you so much i'm also grateful for our friendship it's been it's been a real roller coaster ride from like the beginning of college and like well kind of the beginning like the mid of college and like now being here and Mm -hmm. you know just being in a completely different setting and really slowing down right so i'm gonna go ahead and ask you the first question so how long did you attend davis um, so I attended Davis for four years. I entered, um, so I graduated Fremont High mm-hmm. School in 2015 and the summer after um, started Davis and graduated 2019. So I'm pretty a fresh undergrad um, graduate, but yeah, it's been a very, very quick four years at Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I could just imagine because like sometimes it goes like, boom, you know, you're mm-hmm. studying in the books and the next thing you know is like you're getting ready to graduate. Right. So when you transitioned from high school into college, how was that experience for you? It was honestly very difficult. If it wasn't for programs like the summer transition education enrichment program and, um, trio and just different resources on campus that I had to seek out for extra support like I don't know how I would have survived the whole journey of college especially as a first generation student but I had to be pretty persistent in how I managed my time took care of myself and um, as well as like working towards building a network Mm -hmm. and getting to know other people so yeah it took a lot of like personal initiation to do a lot of things to survive so yeah especially when you're one of the first ones that goes off to college it's kind of like you're kind of feeling for as you go feeling as you go and trying to determine like which way you should go Mm -hmm. yeah and and now that you're able to reflect on your four years and you know you're coming back to Oakland and you're coming back to so much change Mm -hmm. you know What's something that you've noticed with your circumstances at home? It's honestly been a crazy transition um, because when I did move out and went on to college, I was living with my grandparents. um, And during my second, third year, they actually got evicted from their home. And so coming back here, I'm living with, like, we're living in an apartment, but, you know, it's just not the same as, like, having your own home and your foundation, especially when you've lived there for so long. So um, we live like in a different part of town, um, you know, where things are still crazy, but, you know, we know how to survive and we've, we're from here. So, you know, we're not intimidated by much, Um, Right. but the circumstances are definitely more so in the state of like constant survival mode. Yeah. Um, We're like every day, you know, when it comes to like just basic necessities, it's like, you know, the cost of living is so high here. That's another thing. Like, yeah. in college, you know, you receive financial aid, scholarships. And I was pretty much covered um, throughout college. But coming back home, I'm just realizing how much I have to work and, you know, do all these things to be able to survive in this system. 
Yeah, and it's and it's a completely different ball game when yeah. you know you have that foundation and coming home, and it's like you don't have that foundation, and you're kind of coming back, and you're not really the same person that you were right. four years ago, right? So much change after all these years, and um, yeah. Bata, now I want to move in, and you know I want to look at the context of what gentrification actually means and how. We perceive it. So I decided to look up the definition on Google and it says renovating and improve. I'm sorry, the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms to middle class taste. Okay, so the way Google puts it, it's very nicely articulated. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that gentrification has a lot of meanings to many different people mm -hmm. um, in their point of view. Some of us may look at gentrification as a good thing. Um, some of us may look at it not as good right. because we're on the receiving end, especially mm -hmm. peoples of color, black and brown people who are being displaced from their homes, from low-income neighborhoods that can no longer afford to live here. Right. Right? So it's very different. Um. Can you tell me, like, what do you, when you think about gentrification, what do you think about? Um, when I think about gentrification, it's definitely a, a process um, that takes place. And um, it's interesting to me, it sticks out to me how Google says it attracts the middle class taste. So when I think of gentrification, it's like at the cost of low income neighborhoods, mm -hmm. um, people are being displaced by, um, high rent prices, as well as property values. So they take a neighborhood that was once overlooked and right. um, not really receiving the best services and so on. And so they're taking those neighborhoods, redeveloping and revamping them up um, to attract the middle class mm -hmm. to come in. And in, in a consequence, it pushes out low-income residents, right? native residents that lived there for long before. So... Um, for me, I, I view it as a very negative process, as one being impacted by it. So, Especially because I feel like for so long, even Oakland in itself has been overlooked mm -hmm. by many different, you know, yeah. levels of society. And I feel like now that it's causing so much attention, um, it's becoming the new place to be. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of amping it like that. And they're making it like a cool, hip, urban area. Yep. Where before, um, predominantly, more poor people lived here. Mm -hmm. Low income. And, you know, to see the drastic waves that's been coming. Mm -hmm. And just like plaguing, you know, the city. And how many changes. And before, how, you know, it was really run down. And like you mentioned before, that now it's severely under construction mm -hmm. and you know they're making it seem like san francisco mm -hmm. and it's all of a sudden now that politicians want to make it look better yeah right but it's like at the cost of what why didn't this happen before mm -hmm. right and it's just i don't know it's very disheartening to see that right and it's just crazy because it's like wherever there's development it leads to displacement so like mm -hmm. Can we have development without displacement? Can we have great city services as well as nice roads and houses as well as an education system that serves all children? Like, can we have that without 
pushing out the low-income residents? Like, can we improve these services before there's an influx of new people that's seeking it out and making sure that they get the best? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, because um, not too long ago, I saw a house in my neighborhood for sale, and it was mm-hmm. a bit more than half a million. And I was like, wow, wow that's a lot of money. And for- I'm pretty sure it wasn't even fixed up or anything right it wasn't even it wasn't even that great but it was just like wow like half a million more than half a million dollars in this neighborhood right that's crazy right and it's like uh, like it's ridiculous and you know you don't realize how much gentrification is affected until you you know see predominantly white folks like Mm -hmm. running down the neighborhood with their dogs Uh and you know and it's very saddening because for the longest time, black and brown people have always been at the forefront of costs for capitalism. Mm-hmm. And I feel that this is just another instance where that's just happening all over again. Right. Right. So, do you notice any dynamic changes in the city? Definitely. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of persistent change. Like, for instance, when I first went off, when I first moved out of Oakland in 2015, um, it was just funny because my senior project was based on gentrification in Oakland and how um, there's, like, a domino effect from, like, Mm -hmm. San Francisco and Silicon Valley and Oakland being deemed as an attractive place to come and live because it is a little more affordable for those higher-income peoples. But um, the first things I noticed was construction all over the city. Yeah. Uh, so like all the streets are are um, are under construction and there's a bunch more curbside homeless um, communities as well and it's it's just like you can't turn an eye without seeing one wherever you're going throughout the city and I feel like it's just keep it keeps increasing mm-hmm. because they're evict- evicting these unhoused populations so it's just like yeah. okay where are they supposed to go now right um, and so, like, not much is being done to really address the homelessness crisis as well as unaffordable housing. And so this issue is just growing rapidly. Um, yeah, so that's, like, the big changes that I've seen. Right, and just with everything that's going on, you know, you see people and, like, mostly women and children living on the street. Mm-hmm. I know that down where I live... Um, a while ago, there was, like, an empty parking lot. Yeah. And most of the people that were living there were women and children. Wow. You know, so I feel like that's very disheartening mm-hmm. to see that because what's going on that things are not being addressed in the proper way. Right. You know. So it is really hard to see those changes. And it's know? sad, but it is it's part of the reality of living here, especially being from here, like, never seen like as many homeless people on the streets as I I have now and yeah it's something that I personally want to work towards yeah. um I want to make some type of difference within um that issue right and because I feel like most of the homeless population are people of color mm-hmm. because Definitely. because they can't afford to live here and sometimes they turn to the street because that's the only way to yeah. even stay around here right um and yeah but so I want to talk about more about when you 
moved back to Oakland Mm -hmm. and you actually looking for a job. Yeah. Right? Because not only do we do we face, you know, a challenge when we graduate, but then we also face another challenge when we're right, taking the next steps Mm -hmm. to actually find a job. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how was your experience and how has that been for you? Well, it's been about three months since I've been in the job search, and it's a very cruel process. I wish I would have prepared myself better for it, Um, but I was really just trying to graduate at that point. And so once I did graduate, um, I worked as a resident advisor for Upward Bound for the summer. And then after that, I still felt pretty burnt out from the whole school year. I was exhausted, so I felt like I needed to do a lot of recovery and take care of myself before I'm able to even start the search. Um, right now I'm in like the interview process with a few jobs, but it's just crazy when things are uncertain and yeah. you really want stability and you really want right. just to make sure that you could like afford food, afford housing and things like that. Um, especially coming fresh off of college, it's just like it takes some time for you to find that stability and, um, and go into a job that you actually want to do. So... I'm just I'm just trying to be patient along this process. Do you feel that you were supported in that transition transition transitioning out of college back home? Definitely not. I felt like I was just kind of like dropped in a <laughs> yeah. huge yeah. ocean. Um, but I've been doing my best to help myself in that part because I feel like it's only something that I can really do for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like I give support some from some of my family and friends and I feel like that's that goes a long way and that's all I really need as long as I have a community that support me um, and that pushes me to continue to keep going. Yeah. So how do you think that the culture here in Oakland is very different from other places? So I feel like Oakland's a very unique place um, and we live in a cultural mixing pot of so many different people that come from different places and we've able we've been able to adapt and learn from each other and grow along that journey but Oakland has such a rich history like it's the home of the Black Panthers and so so many different people um but yeah I feel like Oakland has a very beautiful mixed mixed culture and now it's being impacted in a way where um you know mostly white people are coming and 911 calling the police off of different things that mm-hmm. it's kind of regular for us like we're very chill people um like aka barbecue betty or becky or whatever the <laughs> yeah. hell um but yeah so a lot of our culture is being policed here basically yeah. uh, my point being yeah and i feel like what the most ridiculous part of it all is is that white people try to appropriate the culture here at too. At the same time. And like, I, I feel that. like the black and brown people who have lived here for generations have been shamed for it. Yeah, We've been policed for it and thrown into jail for it. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see that dynamic as well. Um, and just to see that because for the longest time it was something that's never accepted. Right. And I also want to mention that, you know, I feel that even if the city's going through all these changes, I feel like there's no change either in the education system. But I feel like that's like another topic yeah. in itself because, you know, you would think that there would be more investment in their education, but there's not. It's actually getting to the lowest point. 
Right. It's like when you see all those riots breaking out and police beating on teachers and parents for wanting a better education, for wanting a better tomorrow, uh-huh. they're getting beat down for it. Exactly. Right. And I feel like that's not fair either because here we are displacing everyone in their own city, mm-hmm. but then we don't do anything to change the education system either. Right. So it's a very... There's so many different it's things like, topic, to I guess. be angry about as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, because there's some like with education, with health, with job opportunities even. Like there's not enough for the people who come from here, who was born and raised here. Especially like coming like my experience coming back from college mm-hmm. and coming here and not being able to feel like I'm back like feel like I'm at home like, as it felt before. So yeah, I understand why it's angry yeah it's a it's a really it's a really crucial topic that needs to be talked about and we need to learn how to digest this topic but also learn how to process it as well Mm -hmm. and understand like what we can do to have our voices heard in a community where sometimes we are so overlooked like i feel like we were the majority for so long Mm -hmm. but we've been so overlooked exactly you know so just being aware of that. Uh-huh. So I decided, you know, let's like lighten up the mood a little bit because I feel like sometimes talking about these topics um, ignite a lot of passion and sometimes even frustration True. because there's a lot that's at stake here. You right. Know? It's exactly. like a lot of people's lives that are at stake here and displacement and not feeling grounded. But mm-hmm. What have been some of your highlights being back home? Some of the good things about being back home? Because I know you were gone for a really long time. Right. Yeah. So some highlights are that I get to spend time, like, with my loved ones whenever I want to. Um, And I have more time on my hands to learn more about myself. and Just kind of, like, just take a step back and, like, really feel how I feel each morning. Um, But as well as, like, helping me stay on track by building a routine and trying to stick to that as, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, it's also been great for me cause I've been, I've been trying to be more physically active, working mm-hmm. out, taking walks, going on hikes. And I feel like that's been wonderful cause it's liberating to just, yeah. to just go out there and just hike up mission peak and just mm-hmm. connect with where you are and where you're walking at that moment without thinking about anything else. Yeah. So like, that's actually a luxury cause I felt like, when I was in school, it took such a impact on my mental health, my mental well-being. And and I don't know, like, it was just times where I felt like I just had to be glued to the books, mm-hmm. glued to my laptop, and just studying my ass mm-hmm. off. And yeah. so, yeah, it's great to kind of take a break from that um, and just kind of, you know, just go with the flow of everything each day. So, yeah, that's good. That's good, especially because I feel like when you're in college, you feel so entrapped yeah. by everything that's going on there. And, like, now you're just kind of, like, the rest yeah, of your Yeah, just kind of letting go. Yeah, letting it's go good. And what advice do you have for students who are getting ready to graduate this year? I would... So, for the job search, you know, part of it, I wish that I definitely would have had my resume, cover letter, like, all of that jazz, like, ready to go. Um... So it, it's okay if it's not, though, as long as you have something like, mm-hmm. that you could work on. But just 
setting some goals for yourself, um, some short-term and long-term goals and prioritize what is it that you really want to do with your life? What what do you want to do next? Like, do you, It's okay if you don't want to go, go on to um, further, further your education, but like, what are some goals that you have in that part or um, for yourself? And making sure that you follow it. That's another part. Um, as well as just making sure that you have the time to take care of yourself. Um, because I know that it's, it's a lot that comes with graduating. I remember the feeling of like just being so stressed and yeah. overwhelmed with everything, but, um, just trying not to, to consistently like be in that state and, um, just doing your best and also like cheering yourself on because you're, you're always going to be there for yourself. So making sure that you also stay present with that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I think that a lot of folks out there will, will find it very, very valuable because it is really hard when you're in your last year and it's like you're right. just, you know, jam-packed with everything all at once. Um, and I have one more follow-up question. So for folks who are finding it hard to stay in Oakland or the surrounding area, do you have any advice for them? I would say, like, listen to your to your instincts. Like, if you feel like... You need to spend some time away because I'm I'm actually in that um, situation where I'm I'm considering to move away for a little, and if you feel like that's best for you, then you should definitely do that. But for me, I know I want to stay in Oakland. Um, I want to settle here. This is my home. I consider this a place like where I want to live for live in for the rest of my life. But um, if you do need to just kind of you know move away for a little and set and settle down for. Um, before coming back, then definitely do that. Um, but follow what you feel is yeah. best for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And that's very important with anything that we do is following our intuition and following what we feel is best for us too. Because sometimes we can't really degrade our mental health, right. our spiritual health, and neglect ourselves either. Mm-hmm. You know, working a ton of jobs to stay afloat. Yeah. Sometimes it's about making the best decision for us. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy that I was able to bring Loata. And I have a feeling that this isn't going to be the last time you hear of her. I'm definitely going to have her come back on and we can like definitely have more conversations. And if you ever have any advice or anything that you want to hear us talk about, please send me an email to gabbyslight.com. I'm always welcome and open to new ideas and insights with reason, I guess, but um, wanting to cover things that are good for mind, body, and soul, and like our conversations that can possibly lead to new ideas and self-discovery. Um, again, thank you so much, Lata. Thank you for, for having me. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, and thank you all for tuning in. I'm really grateful for everyone out there that was listening in today. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>